Good morning, everyone. You are listening to Take to Take with Luke Burrows. We've got a jam-packed episode today. It's just me on, so we're going to have a lot of fun. Um, Just kidding. Nicholas Robinson and Patrick Talon are sitting across from me as usual, and we're going to get started with probably anything anyone's talking about in not even just the NHL, in kind of probably Canada or sports world in general. Coach's corner, Don Cherry, was let go yesterday by Sportsnet. Pat, another thumbs up. He's so great with the... Oh, 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 oh that's awkward. We're listening to our own okay, radio so show got live. Got a thumbs up and then he immediately gummed it. That's all right, all right. Pat. Happens. Um, so we've got... I mean, I know someone in this room has a bit to say about this, so I'm just going to go over the uh, statement released from Sportsnet. Sure. Essentially, Don Cherry was... Um, I mean, I've... He was fired, but it, I've also heard uh, step down. I, I mean, that kind of makes it sound like it was voluntary, but I think we all know it probably wasn't. Anyways, um, Sportsnet, essentially, he made dis- divisive remarks that do not represent our values or what we stand for. Sorry, no, actually, side note, what I find interesting about the Sportsnet release, um, and I, I saw this on Twitter, this wasn't my own realization, but the first uh, paragraph kind of says uh, Don Cherry doesn't stand with our values, what we stand for, and then the second paragraph goes right into Don is synonymous with hockey and has played an integral role, dot, dot, dot. I don't know, I just found that interesting that they kind of contradict themselves. But anyways, Don Cherry fired from Sportsnet after, I believe, almost 40 years. And, uh, I mean, that's, I think everyone kind of has a, uh, I don't want to say attachment, but of some level to Don and Ron and yeah. Coach's Corner. I think so, there's uh, definitely an attachment if you look for like the nostalgia purposes. Like you think of Hockey Night in Canada, you think of Ron and Don, you think of Coach's Corner, you think of all that stuff, all the stuff Don Cherry did for hockey communities. Uh, he loved the sport, he loved the players, stuff like that. But this is uh, long overdue in my opinion. Um, this is just, I guess, the breaking point, even though it shouldn't be, because Don Cherry's had a history of saying a lot of things like this. Um, I did some research. I also wrote about this for Curtis Maloli's class, uh, about all the stuff he said. Great piece. For example, thank you. <laughs> when, I think there were the two Russian skiers who tested positive for drug use, he said, quote, I've been trying to tell you people for so long about the Russians, what kind of people they are, and you just love them, Canada, with your multiculturalism. They're quitters and evidently take a lot of drugs, too. Um... He's made numerous comments about women in the locker room. They shouldn't be there, um, is what he said. He's called enforcers um, who talked about concussions, pukes, turncoats, hypocrites. Um, So he's made an abundance of comments that have just gone too far, and for far too long, Ron has sat there and just kind of taken it. To to an extent. um, Now, I know, sorry, I'll let you finish, but just to to kind of interject, I know Ron apologized. Uh, for last weekend's, I think he apologized Sunday. Right? He did. So that was a good apology. That was a that very, was a very I thought good that apology. That was a very good apology. Because I feel like a lot of times um, you see people say, "I'm sorry if but, this hurt someone." He he said, "I'm sorry for what for not stepping in." That was offensive. That was hurtful. I thought that was a good apology. Yeah, I thought it was good that he didn't just say we're yeah. sorry for the comments. He he literally apologized for yeah. himself not stepping in. But I will say. Um, and I'm sure you guys have seen them too. There's a lot of videos, a lot of montages going around right now about just people have put together compilations of some of Don's worst moments for being Don. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the times Ron does, he does jump in yep. and yep. he does say something. But really, like how much can you expect? It, like if he, obviously the right thing to do, I mean, I think for most people on Saturday night would have been to say, hey, Don, you're wrong. 
that's that's so against you know a lot of yeah. values but on live television I mean, that would have caused a stir for Ron to do that. Obviously, yeah. I think we all agree it's the right thing to do, but I just I don't know how much you can ask him to really jump in and talk over Ron. But sorry, Pat, finish. No, yeah, no, I I, I agree with that because looking back, I I watched some clips this morning and Ron has like the one about where he, did you watch the women's women of the hawk? Like he he comes in and he says I, like, I watched the one. I, it's really old. I want to say from I don't know when. Anyway, but he's like women shouldn't be in the dressing room because there's yeah. so many men there, and he said. Or no, there was a different one. Sorry, there was one where he said women aren't paying attention. Yeah, when and at they the get games. hit by a puck or whatever. And, yeah, and, and Ron's said, like, no, it can be both. Yeah, he Sorry. said no, it's not just. Yeah, okay. So I agree with that. Um, I think part of the reason Ron didn't step in was because it was Remembrance Day, and the point that he was trying to make or whatever he was trying to allude to was about wearing a poppy. And I feel like Ron thought that if he went against what Don said, that it would yeah. look like he was going against the message of wearing and a poppy. The thing about what Don, I'm assuming, was trying to say is. That's a valid opinion. Yep. Um, I mean, obviously, you can have that opinion. No one's gonna like. No one. That that's fair. But it's just it's the way he delivered it. Obviously. Well, um, I think the key right, piece we're, was. We're, we're yeah. five minutes in. I haven't said anything on this yet. Uh, Nick, <laughs> yeah, go Nick, Nick's here. Yeah, go ahead. Nick <laughs> I, is also I am here. Here can confirm. Um, <laughs> I think you're sort of alluding to it, Luke. My main issue with it is like, I don't care that he said it. I care that he said it when he said it. This is at the end of the day. Coach's Corner is a hockey segment on a hockey broadcast on a sports platform. I don't think anybody can get mad at him for voicing his opinions on Remembrance Day, on wearing poppies, on immigration. That's that's his opinion. I don't agree with it, but that's his opinion. He's entitled to that. Anybody who has that opinion, shares that opinion, is entitled to that. I just have an issue that he and this is not the first time, has used his platform as a hockey broadcaster and person who is highly thought of in the hockey community to voice these opinions. Because, you know, if somebody else who had an opposite view that was like pro-immigration, pro-anything, and was using the platform the same way, I think we'd hear flack about it. But I feel like he's gotten away with it for so long just because he's Don Cherry. And I'm surprised Sportsnet fired him. I agree that this was a fireable offense for saying what he said. Um, but again, it's not about what he said. It's about when he said it. And, I, and it's not right. I, and if we want to look at the message itself, too. Sorry, Luke. Um, real quick. Uh, the message itself, just the fact that it was you people. Yeah, I no, think that, it, that it was, was the, the you people. Exactly, it yeah. was the targeting the immigrants, yeah. saying you love our honey and bread or whatever he said. And you can, sorry. Uh, and and you won't wear a poppy it's like well it's not just it's anyone anyone should wear a poppy but the thing is like part of like the freedom and stuff is the freedom to choose what to do and and if you don't want to wear one you don't have to and all that stuff right so i just thought um i don't know correct and there's lots of people like voicing up on this saying i'm sorry luke just i'm gonna say one thing there's lots of people like voicing up on this that you know usually don't converse about hockey much and i think that's part of the problem like i'd say it's sort of like the loud crowd that are like don't watch hockey consistently but they know who don cherry is like the older crowd that are getting really more upset about this and what's happened um in the whole fallout of this whole thing but at the end of the day uh you know people will argue oh well you're getting in on his freedom of speech to say what he wants but at the end of the day um 
he's free to say what he wants, but uh, it, in this day and age, in 2019, I think it's okay to know that you can't say certain things without repercussions. I think, I think that's a, the important message sorry, here. Go ahead, Luke, well, it's, you're go ahead. It's interesting about um, what's interesting about Coach's Corner is that Sportsnet has to, like Sportsnet CBC has to make a decision on what Coach's Corner is because Saturday night obviously is the night uh, that most, um, you, you know, casual fans are going to be tuning in for because that's what you do on Canada on Saturdays you just watch hockey you might you know you might not watch hockey any other day of the week but that's what you do on Saturdays people have been doing it for decades and you have to make a decision on well is coach's corner actually a hockey discussion show or is it more of a Don Cherry platform and I think Sportsnet made the decision that it's not a Don Cherry platform and I think a lot of people were surprised that uh, Sportsnet actually fired them but I think it's a perfect I think we all agree it's a perfectly valid reason to fire him they said um don's statements don't uh follow our values and sports that made the decision to you know express their values which personally i uh, agree with in this case yeah, and that's a good point uh Two things, then we can quickly move on to something else. I think what Nick said about the freedom of speech, I think people conflate freedom of speech with like uh, freedom without any consequences from what correct, you say, correct. which is exactly what happened in the Cherry case. Yeah, you can say that, but that doesn't mean that something will happen. Yeah. Um, as for what Don Cherry is, what Hockey Night in Canada is, what it's going to be on Saturday night, from what I understand earlier on when the Rogers broadcast rights uh, merged with with Sportsnet and all that stuff, that they were trying to fizzle out Don Cherry and they weren't going to give him as much airtime. Um, but I think this gives them more of a reason to to move on. Uh, from I, I, I wish, like, I really, Don had so much potential and he could have ended, he could have retired in such a, like, good way. celebratory way. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's been saying things like this for a while and there would have been some, you know, he would have left some sour taste in people's mouths. But yep. he could have left and, and it would have been yep. so much My... happier. Last thought on it. I think the important thing now is how Sportsnet is going to go forward. Yes. In my opinion, uh, I would remove Ron McLean from the position. I would just, not because Ron McLean deserves to be punished for all this. It, again, he was at fault for this. Like, this is partially on him as well, although his apology was good. But I think that it's important now that Sportsnet move forward, you know, sort of disassociate themselves from Coach's Corner and really show that they're heading in a new direction. Yep. This is a good opportunity for them to, you know, I, a lot of people saying, you know, maybe have like a woman's insight or a person of color in that position. Um, a lot of people obviously turning to perhaps they've been gearing up Brian Burke for this position for a while. My tandem, if they want that sort of old time controversial stuff, okay, you put Brian Burke in there. But I think this is a good opportunity to put, you know, David Amber, who's like a yeah. good host, well-spoken, or somebody like uh, Tessa Bonome, uh, Tara Sloan there right next to them. I think that would be a good thing. And then you can allow Ron McLean to continue with the hometown hockey because he's done a good job of that over the years. Yep. But my personal tandem going forward would either be uh, David Amber and Brian Burke or Tara Sloan and Brian Burke. I think that would be uh, yeah, an and I, th I think Sportsnet yeah. knows who Don Cherry appealed to, so I have a feeling they're going to put someone in yeah. like Burke. Yeah, but... I'm not. I'm not saying I'd want Brian Burke in there just because, yeah. like, I want and I agree with Brian Burke. But I think just logically, I think yeah. that's sort of the direction that they're going to head in. I think this is a good opportunity for Sportsnet though to really uh, change hockey broadcasting going forward. So I'm just going to check the schedule for Saturday night. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do this Saturday. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting. And also, like one more thing, uh, 
aside from his comments, he's also never really had like a coherent. He's never really. He's kind of like coherent inco- thought. Well, in a way, if you like, no one's looking to him for analysis or no. But or that's anything. the thing. That's where Sportsnet has to decide. <laughs> yeah, what exactly. is The purpose of Don Cherry, and that's why, like what Nick said, like what he alluded to, is have someone with analysis, have someone who's smart, not someone who's going to yell. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, Leafs at Penguins, 7 p.m. Hockey Night in Canada. Avalanche at Canucks, 10 Senators, p.m. Sabres. Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, Abs, Senators, Sabres. Devils. Sabres is coming to you off Sportsnet 1. Habs, Devils. Uh, City TV. Okay, so nice. it's, it, they're all going to be on the hot. <laughs> like, you have all these Canadian teams on the hockey broadcast, so you're going to have yeah. all sorts oh, of markets Luke. watching. So this is... This is important. This is an important step forward for Sportsnet. But okay. I wonder uh, if they'll make an announcement or they'll just kind of. No, I. They're no, getting, I, don't do I, doubt I doubt they make they the big change for this weekend. I doubt they rush into it. I think this next couple weeks they've got to do, quick, do something though. normal. Yeah, I think. Like, I think we're going to see something normal time. with like the panel there. But I think within a couple of weeks, within this next month or so, we will have a new full time program. All right, uh, probably next topic. We spent a good amount of time on this. That was a great conversation, yeah. though. Really yeah. glad we had that. Yeah, me too. Okay, so let's move on to um, you guys. Let's do want to. I know Nick might need a second here, but uh, actually, last week we had prepped um, a rule for I've the NHL. A ru- oh, yep. Nick, ha- okay, perfect. I have mine too. A rule change, addition, subtraction in the NHL that. Um, I don't want to say you'd like to see, but just something maybe you'd like to discuss. So I don't have an addition or a subtraction. Actually, yeah, maybe, yeah, okay. I only have. What one. do you have? Oh, I only. Well, it was just okay. one rule change. Not right. Yeah. An okay. Go ahead, okay. Pat. Uh, so mine would be to have a time limit for offside challenges and goalie interference uh, challenges. I think it would help. What do you mean? It- um, establish like how long they have to review it. So a lot of times you would see a goal that was offside they would review. i think if it's if it takes more than a minute or two minutes and, in, and it's inconclusive then you go with the initial call but sometimes you see when you can't really tell they review it for five minutes then they switch it back i feel like if it's taking okay, that two long things. i would stick with two it. things um that i have to say and that. also momentum it takes the momentum out of the game okay i agree with that i hate I, I yeah i think i don't think anyone likes pausing for five minutes but two things that's pretty subjective and like discretionary to the refs or the um to the what do you call it in Toronto? But yeah, I like that. Could, yeah, whatever. Um, oh, yeah, that like you, that's not very uh, black and white, right? Like that's gonna get pretty. Um, that's gonna be different every night. And another thing, if they have to review a goal for more than however much time you're saying, if they have to review a goal for more than one minute, two minutes, don't you think that? Maybe there's good reason for that. Like I, I know, I know what you're saying. That well, if they still haven't figured it out after two minutes, then just go with the call on the ice. But they're obviously looking at something for over two minutes. So I think maybe there's good reason for that. I, I, I don't really have a solution myself. But I don't. well, something along those lines. I don't know. I haven't like it's not set in stone. Obviously, I think it would obviously. be well. No, but like sometimes it, it just an extensive look at a goal. I think of like, for example, PK Subban's offside goal or offside goal of game one against Pittsburgh. I can pull it up maybe, but that was really controversial because that was like on the blue line. Did he have possession? It took like 10 minutes for them to figure it out. I think if it takes that long, plus if it's an inch or, an, or if a centimeter or whatever, that's not really going to dictate whether or not the goal went in or not, I think. The but- only, I get the premise of what you're arguing. The only problem I would have with it, this is an extreme example, but you have to consider it when you're making rule changes like this. Stanley Cup final, game five, like somebody's yeah. on elimination and there's a go-ahead goal in the third period 
it's say like there was a goal, there was an offside play potentially, and like this can be a big game changing moment in the series or whatever. And you know the review's gone over five minutes. Okay, that's it. It's like gone over the time limit. We right. keep playing, no goal. But then you go back and look at it, and sure, yeah, it was a, a goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're gonna have an uproar of fans after the game. Yeah, like, yeah. It was a goal that. And all the reasoning would be from the refs. The refs are essentially saying, "We don't know. We're just gonna go with what we said. Let's keep playing." Like, yeah. Sorry, it took us too long. Like yeah. that's it. Like, yeah, that's a good point. I, yeah. I get the premise of what you're saying. I'd be more interested in a time limit on how long the team has to challenge it. Like, sometimes it takes them, like, 30, 40 seconds yeah, after the yeah, goal. That's I, I would say you have 10, 15 seconds sure. immediately. You have to challenge it because sure. you have to see it from the bench. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I would be better off with that if we want a time limit. That'd be okay. interesting because then I feel like teams would uh, would kind of devote someone to keeping an eye on that kind of stuff if it's up to them. Well, they do already. They have, like, the video uh, uh yeah, but I mean, like, back, if you have like, to see it from the bench. You have to see it from the yeah, bench, right? Cool. Like, I'd be better off with something like that. I think that's a bit more productive. Uh, okay. yeah. What do you got? Okay, I'll go. So this one, um, you guys might be familiar with it, but I <coughs> I think I agree with it, uh, unless you guys kind of flame me here. But I would be interested in not allowing shorthanded teams to ice the puck. Uh, hmm. I get hmm. it. I'm just... The stoppages would be a bit much, right? I, I think that. But I don't think the, the team amount. would want to ice the puck if. Correct, but I think there's more potential for stoppages at that point. Yeah, um, yeah that's like the only I just, concern I'd have with that. I just I feel that would drag um, it out a lot more. Yeah, so. just off the top of my head, like initial reaction. But that's but like a shorthanded team, you're gonna you're not gonna ice it the same amount. You're you're gonna there's gonna be a whole different style. If of anything, wouldn't you PK. ice it more? No, what? Well, you, I I just think if you if you get a penalty, if you get penalized for something, you shouldn't get a little rule break. Um, being allowed to ice the puck, I like I th- I think you should have to break out with four players. That's that's the disadvantage. But the rule break is not having a player. That's why you can. Like, no, but you you so you broke a rule. You play a man down for two minutes. I I don't understand why you get a why you get a break on the on the disadvantage of being able to ice the puck. I get it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I get the premise of the rule. Like, I, I wouldn't be mad at that one. Uh, the one power play rule, I'd be more interested in making. This isn't mine that I prepared, but uh, if we want, like, it, is the goal of what you're saying, like, to increase the amount of power play goals? No, I just... Or, like, zone exits and, like, skate it out so there's more, like... Well, I mean, I think that would be the biggest um, adoption is uh, the penalty kills would look totally different. But, uh, no, I, I just think... Like I said, if you break a rule and your disadvantage is to be down a man for two minutes, I don't think you should get a a break in that disadvantage. That break being being able to ice the puck. Okay, fair okay. That's that makes fair. sense. That's, that's good. fair. Yeah. That's right. I can I can see that one. Okay. Cool. Uh, all right. Mine that I prepped is well, I have two. They're sort of like both weird ones. I but I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Th- this one's the layup. Is that it's not really like. A necessary like rule and change, but uh, obviously the layup is make three on three overtime ten minutes. That's a yeah. layup. Yeah, I don't know how NHL decision makers sit down every year and somebody decides that they don't want to do five more minutes of this stuff. Three on three for ten minutes and then tie it. Okay, this is the other wild one. It's another overtime one. Every penalty in overtime is a penalty shot. Ooh, I like that. That is inspired. I by like threes. that a lot. 
That is mine. I, I play a lot of threes, so you. So can, do I. Yeah. I almost, play, I almost a lot won. Of NHL oh, yeah. on this show. I was, you I was point five seconds away from winning, <laughs> okay. and then Nigel scored a minus three. Anyways. Was it was it a cross crease? Uh, no, oh, you just put okay. it in the net. Um, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. And also to like to that? go back to your point of of the ten minutes. I remember the first like I don't know the first twenty <laughs> games when three on three was first introduced 80 percent of them were won right away within like the first two minutes yeah. and then after that teams adapted yep. teams would sort of play defensively and then a good chunk of them have been going through shootout a, a now. Good, but i like that i like three that on idea. three still had like does the job like there are less shootouts than there used to be but i think if we extend this thing to 10 minutes or just go until somebody scores eliminate yeah. the shootout i don't think you can go until just logistics who said that? that who said that torilla was he the one who said it last what? year go till someone scores some some coach said that anyway. I just don't think you you can like literally for for an example. I don't think the arena can can just keep going unless it's like playoff games are different. But anyways, well, talk, I don't think it would take that long. Yeah, like a, yeah. But, I, but I the thing is, but the thing so is, so many it, odd man rushes. It could just like, though. They can't. That that's a risk that I don't fair. think they can. Well, I I mean the MLB does it every game. Yeah, but you run the risk in the MLB. I think it would, I, I think it would I think turnover to other events in the MLB is because I also think teams less. play yeah. a lot more defensively, knowing that they could go to a shootout and still get the I, an extra point. I like, like that rule. Um, I think the refs yeah, the refs right. are going to have to be good, like that because that's that's a huge call you're making. They're, yeah, if they mess that up, I I think that's far more um, effective than you know even a penalty in overtime. But but you guys like that one? I did good. I did good. You did. I like it. I like the shootout one. I like going. I like the idea. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Cool. That was fun. Right on. Uh, right. Quickly, uh, again, last week, I asked you guys to. No, I don't. Maybe your answers have changed. Maybe you didn't even have an answer last week. But who would you give um, the Jennings? The, uh, so, sorry, I shouldn't say that. Who would you give? What team would you say has the best goalie tandem right now? <coughs> uh, Gr- uh, New York Islanders. Grice and Verlamov. They have been. Very good. They've essentially split the starts, um, and New York's been on a tear. I don't know if they've snapped their win streak yet. I haven't been paying attention. They I have. Also, they have. Uh, who did it? I, uh, Pittsburgh, they lost it? in overtime to Pittsburgh, yeah. but Ooh. they have points in like every game since um, like, the first couple. Yeah, Grice has a 940 save percentage. Uh, Varlamov, uh, 924. So they've been pretty solid. They've split the starts. A lot of that, I think, the Islanders' even strength play has been pretty solid. But um, yeah. That's been pretty, I was going to say Raskalak, but they've sort of slipped, and that's also just a bit of a generic pick. So I'll go with Grice and Varlamov. You want me to go, Nick. or do you want to go? Nick. Okay. Um, I like the premise of Chicago doing Crawford and Leonard for a different reason, not because they're both, like, super amazing. Uh, obviously, Leonard's done really well and continued building off last season. I get the premise of what Bowman did there, and I really like it, but I think... Uh, I mean, there's a couple layups around the league that are pretty good. Like you said, uh, the Islanders have been good with Grice and Varlamov, but I, I do like Chicago's. Um, you know, Winnipeg's was really good last year, but uh, to me, I'd probably stay say still the best is uh, Rene and uh, Saros in yeah. Nashville is good. Yeah, I mean, Nashville's just a- you've got you've got the good, experienced starter in Rene who hasn't slowed down at all, and you've got. The guy waiting in the wings in Saros locked up to what's Rene's contract? contract? Anyone know? Uh, they up. just extended him last year, so I think he's got this year and next year left at like that's, that's five like, mil or something good. like that. Yeah. And Saros is like signed too. So, uh, Pat, did you have something to say? No, my other nope. best one in the league, raising your hand, the obvious layup of Martin Jones and Aaron Dell in San Jose. 
both posting sub 900 save percentages over like the past three seasons. Big shout out to that. I do actually. My follow up because I didn't know we were doing that. Uh, I had Luke. You will like this. Demko and Markstrom. Yeah. They've been the best this year. They've been yeah. Uh, Demko has a 933 <laughs> save percentage. Um, Vancouver's playing well this year. Um, the two of them have been solid. Not so, so that much would anymore, be but yeah. Yeah, well. Can't win them all. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I did. I thought about Demko Markstrom, but I figured you guys like might yell at me or something. Um, this one maybe isn't as... Uh, no, that's actually pretty impressive. I think I had Smith Koskinen. Um, Edmonton's kind of dropped off. That one's really uh, short term, though. I'm not sure how well, much more effective that one's going to be as we go on. I think all of these, I, I would say Markstrom Demko is short term, too. I, I um, think probably probably the best one, like, I can't believe I forgot it, is the Halak and Rask. I think. Yeah. You, I, I, mention I, that? Yeah, I mentioned that, but oh, just like, okay, sorry. that's kind of like the, the <clears throat> obvious pick. But they've also, like, Boston's kind of struggled in the past few games, so I feel like. It's good that we picked something else. They were very good last year, though, yeah. and like that—that's a reliable tandem. As you it is down the stretch. very reliable. So, yeah. if that's... we're talking about reliability long term, but like full seasons, like yeah. that's probably the best one. But if we're talking real short term, I mean, yeah. we all sort of said the real short term runs right now. I don't yeah. know. I think, uh, I think uh, Anderson and Hutchinson. Hutchinson. Well, not Hutchinson anymore. Kakasuo. Kaskisuo. Kaskisu, yeah, that guy. Kaskisuo. That's a pretty good goalie tandem. I can't wait for uh, the first back-to-back there. That'll be fun to watch. That's going to be real interesting, that one. Man, to be a Leafs fan right now. Um, Anyways. Yeah. (laughs) Moving on. So, last week, now I know I'm not sure, we can go over this briefly. We went over it last week, the ESPN player poll. Uh, I think we want to spend not a super long time on this, but I'm just going to bring it up here. Um, this is a bit. I know I I prefer the ath- uh, the athletics. I yeah. think that they do it better. But um, just briefly, I'll go over all of these. If you guys have any thoughts, let me know. Because uh, I think last week we just had the one, the worst row. Yeah, because TSN posted it right before the show. But um, the first question was which team has the worst visiting locker room. From high to lowest, Washington 42, Boston 34, Carolina 18, New York 4, Florida 2. This one we can't really say too much about because we have no idea what makes a good locker room. So, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> the, the Madame has some pretty nice spaces. Okay. But which team has the best visit? This one kind of makes sense. Which team has the best visiting locker room? Edmonton 40, Vegas 28, <laughs> Detroit 20. It's all, all new, new arenas. New, yep. uh, yep. Minnesota has 12%. Not sure. What's going on? Excel Injury Center is a nice building, so that makes a lot of sense. This one's kind of cool. Uh, would you play for Seattle in year one? Sixty percent said yes. Really? I think Vegas changed think, a lot. Of people's well, that's minds. that's yeah. one of the first quotes here. The success of Vegas has definitely opened guys' minds up to a little more. Um, so yeah, that makes sense. And I wouldn't say like obviously the city of Seattle isn't a huge draw compared to others, but it's definitely not like a. Like a Seattle, Carolina a or Winnipeg city to live in. It's a nice big city. Yeah, it rains a lot though. It sure does. Big weather report guy. <laughs> um, I'm gonna skip that one. The okay, so the NHL doesn't punish for recreational Wait, what drugs. What was the one you skipped? I wanna... It was okay. Sorry, it was. Uh, would curious. Would you feel comfortable appearing in a national? Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah okay, okay. Okay, okay. The NHL doesn't <laughs> punish for recreational drugs. Is that good or bad? 24% said good, 14% said bad, 62% said indifferent. Uh, I think that 62% of indifference... People who don't want to answer. Yeah, yeah. and I, I have a feeling 
most of that. I feel well, like, I, that's an assumption, but I think a lot of them would say good. That's sorry, just 20, me. was it? Twenty four percent said it's good. They don't punish. Fourteen percent bad. Sixty two percent indifferent. So what I'm hearing is that like confirmed twenty four percent of players do recreational drugs <laughs> at least. <laughs> that's 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 my main take out of that yeah, one. That's I think how many. <laughs> I mean that uh, 50 that's deep players. Were... That's like the least surprising thing I've ever heard. Like if you were yeah. to come to me and say hockey players do recreational drugs, like that's the least surprising thing I've yeah. ever heard. So here's we're, we're from the GTA, and I think a lot of people <laughs> just like casually do it. Here's a follow up. Given the league's approach to recreational drug use, does the NHL have a cocaine problem? Ten percent said yes. Fifty eight percent said no. Thirty two percent said I don't know. <laughs> um. Uh, <laughs> and the quotes here, people seem pretty taken aback. Like one quote, has anyone said yes to this question? I really don't think there is one. So I'd be shocked if someone said yes. I've never seen it. I don't know if it's just my team, but I've never seen it. Um, now, so how many of the no's were like, what percentage of the no's were no, there is no cocaine problem? Or how much was <laughs> <laughs> no? We don't have a problem. So at, at, <laughs> at that percentage, five people said yes, the NHL has a cocaine problem. I would be very interested to see which teams. I don't need to know who, but I'd like to know which teams those yeses are coming from. Okay. If they're all one or not. Okay. But I'm trying to think. Like Washington Capitals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yep. Vegas. Kuznetsov. Uh, okay. We talked about. Which road city do you dread the most? Winnipeg came in at top. There's a question about gritty, which we don't need to talk about. Uh, do you have a burner Twitter account? 32% said yes. 68% said no. But I should say some of the quotes here, I think, and it makes sense. I think a lot of them are just um, Twitter accounts made so they can just actually have a Twitter account. I don't think anyone's pulling a... Again, like very unsurprising yeah. thing. Like I'm sure... I would have even so thought more, do. but I, I bet a lot of the players thought the phrasing burner Twitter account means like you're on Twitter, like pumping yourself up or something. Yeah. yeah. Just... I'd also be curious to see like what coaches and GMs have, have burner accounts. Pierre Dorian yeah. confirmed he does have a Twitter account. Like he doesn't have like an actual like Pierre Dorian official Twitter account, but yeah. he did say to the media, like he has a Twitter account and he like, he like joked with a bunch of media. He's like, I know what all you guys are saying about me out there. I see, <laughs> I see all your tweets. probably so insecure about it too. He's oh, like, oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. <laughs> he's probably, he's probably sitting there all the time. Like, what, what, what do you mean? These guys don't like all the local players. Are you, are you kidding me? I mean, I know Dubas has his public and like, he's one of the, I think he's the only GM I know of that has like a public Twitter that he uses. Yeah. That's yeah. But so he's young and hip. He's really cool. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, he's, he's a pretty he's cool awesome. guy. He's a young hip guy. He's great. We he's, love him. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, <laughs> the two quotes that from people that said, oh, no, sorry, three. One doesn't really matter. But three quotes from people that said they do. Um, one said, I have one, but just use it to keep up on sports and news and follow the media guys in our market, uh, see what they're saying about me. So that's kind of cool because um, he admits he sort of follows what um, you know what people are trashing him for uh another one i have one that i've never tweeted from um i'm a oh wait i'm a dot 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 what do you call it oh yeah an egg so that's what cool you know like when you oh make like a new the, oh, yeah, 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 like yeah, the okay. yeah starter um, account picture and then 
this one. I feel Patrick, like pull up the egg. this is what most <laughs> yeah. people uh, have an account for. I guess you could call it a burner Twitter account, but I'm not using it like Kevin Durant or anything like that. I don't have any followers. I don't know if I follow more than 20 people. I usually just search things. I really use it to follow golf. That's how I get the results of golf tournaments. So I think most players can fit into that. Yeah, um, Twitter egg. It's I live. Mean, Luke, you can't see right now, but we got I the can. Twitter egg live. That's great. <laughs> I will make. Uh, I guess we don't have a Twitter account, but anyways. Um, anyway, going back. That uh, that was that. I think obviously hockey players are pretty boring, so they're not doing anything exciting on social media. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, hockey, that yeah. sums it up pretty well. Yeah. Hockey yeah. players are boring, so yeah. why would they do anything exciting on social media? That's yeah. pretty much it. Okay, so uh, do we each have a star? Yes. Yes. Yep. Pat, kick us off. Austin Matthews. Of the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's who he plays for. Oh, them, right. Yeah, I forgot about uh, that. He has nine points in his last five games. He had four assists against Chicago. Um, he is good at the sport. I like watching him play. Pains me to say it, but he's really fun to watch. He's been playing very well. Um, I don't really have much else to say. He's just he's good hockey yeah, player, he's, okay, and he is. he's done well. Nick. Uh, okay, this is like, not just because he's a senator, uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot has got five goals in his last five games. That trade value really? just keeps going. Yeah. Didn't I say last week that the Sens should keep Pajot? Yeah. I think I did. I, I, I think am, I was the only one. Yeah, my, my rationale is still they should trade him. Um, his trade value just keeps going up with this performance, but again, that's not what we're talking about. He's been excellent this week. He's shooting very high percentage-wise, but he's playing very good hockey right now, very responsible in his own end, and so far this is a career start to his year. Five goals in five games, obviously, is eye-grabbing to anybody. Anybody would like goal per game in over a week, so yeah. Jean-Gabriel Pajot, good for him. Nice guy. Speaking of goal per game, uh, my player has three goals in the last three games on top of three assists. Six points in the last three games. I have Kale Maker of the Colorado Avalanche. Um, I think Makar, what's interesting about him especially is that he's filling a pretty big hole. I mean, like position-wise, there's... No, well, uh, yeah, maybe actually a bit, but uh, with the injuries in Colorado, which um, I'm experiencing firsthand based on fantasy, but I think um, his performance is... I mean, Colorado's nothing... Uh, major right now, but his performance is really kind of um, impressive. Seeing you know a young player like that, he's doing a great doing job filling doing. in the hole of this guy who I'm not sure if you guys know, but he's a Toronto Maple Leaf, Tyson Berry. Toronto Maple. Oh, Toronto Maple. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, they traded Kadri for him, so now they have no grit whatsoever. Nice. They're pronouncing it wrong. Gord Miller on the call. Gotta love it. Yeah. Love Gord Miller. Thought we'd throw in some audio for once. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah. We, we don't really ever do that. We don't. That, that is, I seriously think that's the first time on the show we've had like an audio <laughs> bit in the middle of it. Um, more <laughs> of that. I like that. Yeah, that was good. Oh, we could just stream a game. 
since period of a game. Yeah. Let's not let's not take get take to away. take after hours. We'll book this studio and we will sit here and we will like react to a game. <laughs> that would actually be good. Let's get the KMN show as well. Let's do like a uh, set Leafs has game or at least sends Leafs Canucks whatever, and we'll all sit here. We'll have the control mics going and we'll all react to a game. It's gonna be like all our mic levels are gonna have to be so low. There's gonna be oh so much God. screaming. Um, yeah, ugh. Yeah, uh, that, that that would be like a rated R episode. There'd be a lot of <laughs> yep. a lot of swears yep. being thrown around. Yes. Um, okay, so I asked you guys to. I mean, we can go through this kind of one by one as we do it. But each uh, Canadian team's biggest disappointment and biggest good surprise. So we'll start with ours, and uh, we'll just go off based on how much time we have. Um, Montreal Canadiens. Do you want to head over there? Biggest surprise? Um, sorry, I thought you meant like just any Canadian team's biggest surprise. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, okay, sure. So that's what I prep for because that's All what right. you said. All right, we'll do that. I, the way you said. So yeah. Uh, I, for the Canadian teams of all them, their biggest surprise, yeah. I have James Neal because he has 15 points uh, in 19 games. He's just two goals away from getting his total from last year, which I think, yeah. Uh, and he's been very good. For disappointing, I put Blake Wheeler. Uh, yeah, Blake that's Wheeler's on point on pace for 45 points. He only has five goals this season. Uh, last year and the year before, he had 91 points in a row, and then he had 74 before that. I know he's getting old. I know he's 33, uh, but I didn't expect an offensive decline uh, that quick from him. So, sorry, how old is he? 33. 33, I believe. Yeah, nah, 33. Okay. Anyway, so yeah. I what's funny about that. Um, it's because I would say my biggest disappointment. Now, this isn't this isn't the biggest disappointment out of all Canadian teams, but uh, in the context, I think Lucic is a pretty big disappointment, and sort of everything going on there with how how that kind of all happened because uh, obviously like that, knew that trade was, was terrible. And I just think it's funny. Because I, I'm not a I'm not a big Lucic fan. I don't know why anyone would be. But um, I'd be pretty disappointed if that's who I had. Well, you're watching Neil yeah. over there. Yeah, well, I like, feel like people. Up. Yeah, but if we want to go back to Montreal now that I've had time yeah. to think about Let's it, let's talk about Montreal. Uh, Wait, Luke, how did you prepare for this? Did you do like a surprise and a disappointment <clears throat> for every team? Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I kind of yeah, had that's, a that's rough idea. Oh, that's what for I every team. Yeah, we yeah, don't do every, every team. Uh, no, every for, Canadian for team. Our, Every Canadian team, yeah. I did a surprise and a disappointment. So let's, we can kind of go rapid okay. fire. Yeah, do, do you want me to like read yeah. some of these off and you guys like react? Yeah, because you made it seem like we all pick a Canadian. Well, Nick understood. Okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, do you want me to read some, yeah, let's some go. of what I put off? You we guys can like start react? in Montreal. Okay. Montreal, I put the biggest surprise is John Druin's bounce back play. Yep, that's yep. John Druin. Very welcome surprise, too. The Habs needed that. And yes. disappointment, I put uh, lack of. Uh, Please don't yell at me. I put uh, the lack of development from Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Yeah, I would. I, I think in terms yeah. of last year, there was like a big glimmer of hope there, but I think so far this year, it's been a bit of a sophomore slump, a bit of a step back. What? What? No, this is an honest question. What were Canadians fans expecting? I I can't speak for Canadians fans. I think. What were year, you expecting? Uh, I expected them to have him play in Finland for a year and actually develop. <laughs> really? Like this year? Last year. I thought. Oh, no, but I mean coming oh, out of last year. year. Uh, this year, I don't know. I, I, I think his play could be a lot better. I also think he should be playing uh, in a more increased role, a more offensive role. He's just getting power play time. Uh, he's playing with 
Paul Byron, who's like an offensive black hole at this point. Um, really, he's usually pretty good. Yeah, but ever since uh, the, he got knocked out, I I don't remember who it was, if it was Uyghur or Ekblad. Anyway, um, ever, he hasn't been the same. So, yeah, I think... Um, but that's just also just Montreal. That's my biggest issue with Montreal is the way they develop. They either bury them in the minors for so long or they rush them. And Kotkaniemi is being rushed. I think Suzuki's being rushed. I think Paling's being rushed. I think a year, a last year in Finland for Kotkaniemi would have done him some good. Um, and then make the team this year. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I would actually agree with that. I was going to say him, but I, he's injured. So Would I, it hurt him, in your opinion, to send him down to Laval right now? Uh no, uh, Victor Meta had a conditioning stint last year, and everyone was upset because he'd been in the NHL for two years at that point. Uh, and he came back; he looked a lot better. I think Sven Berchi, anyone? Um, Joel Bouchard. Uh, they finally have a good development program down there, um, so I think it would be good. It's just unfortunate because they can't seem to figure out how to work with their young players. Yeah. Um, again, same thing with we don't want to spend too much time talking about Montreal, but same thing with Nick Suzuki. Yeah, he might be good enough to make the team, but I do think a year with him and Paling and Laval just to tear it up move in next year there's no there's no rush to have them on the team right now quickly for me i think you want to see him be dominant somewhere and i think if laval's the place he can do it i think yeah. they gotta at least let him do it because i think it's way too early to compare him to this but i i remember just like the only relatable one i had when ottawa had curtis lazar oh i thought you were gonna say something he, no i thought you were gonna he, say david Legwan. he played in the <sighs> nhl for a couple years and they sent him down to belleville for a conditioning stint at one point um in his third year and it was very telling when he wasn't able to dominate down there, that the writing was sort of on the wall, and then you had a really be- much better idea of what you have. And yeah. I think if the Habs really want Kotkaniemi to develop and really get the sense that this is still the guy, yep. I think you got to let give him that chance to dominate. Yep. All right, I'll go to Vancouver so we can talk a bit for Luke here. Um, my big surprise, <laughs> I put everything just in brackets because like they, they've been the surprise package of the NHL. They've been very fun to watch so far. Um, but more specifically, I put JT Miller yeah. in the goaltending. Yeah, yeah. Goaltending's um, exceeded expectations. JT Miller has been fantastic. Miller, he's honestly he's been the only consistent <laughs> um, point of production on the team all year. Like yep. they've they've dropped off the past uh, five, four or five games. Um, Besser's actually been okay. Pedersen's dropped off. Horvat's dropped off. Miller has been Miller's been doing what he's been doing all year, and that's incredible. Then yeah, you're right about goaltending too. Um, even even with the with the recent, I guess, month or so, I don't know, Markstrom has had. Um, I don't know if you guys heard about that, but that's it's just been a really, that's kind of a story in itself. What but, happened? Um, so, well, Markstrom announced on Sunday that his father passed away. Oh, um, that's terrible. I didn't know that. That was on, and it was from, his father passed away from cancer, and that was Vancouver's Hockey Fights Cancer Night. I, I, I don't really know if it happened then, but Jeez. he went home for a week in... October, um, a leave from the team, but yeah, he's been playing incredible. Demko as well. Um, I think five, four wins in five games, really yeah. good numbers. So yeah, that's both my only disappointment for them because I don't think that you can really be disappointed even with the slump recently. That little slump, that like there's really you can't be disappointed because I think they've exceeded everybody's expectations. My only disappointment, I said like the last week or so. Yeah. Like obviously when you start that well, you want to keep it up for Especially as long as you can. The teams they've played yeah no um, like they lost new jersey the other day right and they haven't been too hot um so yeah that's and chicago hasn't been too hot either so yeah. like those are probably two games you'd like to win yeah new jersey chicago winnipeg, winnipeg as well st louis is fair yeah uh, anaheim you see four or four of those are winnable games yeah. right so nashville tonight dallas thursday colorado saturday hopefully uh ottawa's i put just quick like 
this all self-react here. Uh, their 5v5 play has been a lot better. Like, their shot rates have been much improved from last year. And that's interesting considering they don't have the likes of Duchesne, Stone, Dezingle on the team. So I think that's, like, been a big pleasant surprise that they've been actually watchable to a degree. But disappointment, I'm not sure if you guys know this, uh, they're historically bad power play right now. So we're, like, 16, 17 games into the season now. And the Ottawa Senators have four power play goals and have allowed three against Oh, three against on the power play. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, you said. Yeah. So they're only they're they're plus minus on the power plays. What's plus their one percent. Power play percentage. Do you know. Oh man, it's it's uh six point seven percent now. Ooh. Yeah. So, uh, but obviously that's expected. The Senators aren't expected to blow anybody away offensively. This is a rebuilding year, um, and they just don't have that star talent right now. But I think you'd want at least some sign that there is some life to that system. So. That's my only disappointment from them. They, again, nobody's expecting much. I'm not expecting much as a fan. But yeah, that's Jeez, basically yeah, it. Yeah, you are not wrong. 6.6%. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I'll go quickly around the other Canadian teams. We all want to react. Yeah, okay, sure. we sort of said with Edmonton already, big surprise, James Neal. Right? That's, yeah. We, we no, talked yeah, about that. For sure. Uh, and their disappointment would be their lack of secondary scoring. Yep. Obviously, I don't think anybody's expecting the secondary scoring to absolutely buoy the team, but you'd want some. That would be nice, right? Yeah, I think. Last year, Shieson had 22 goals, I believe. He uh, was never going to do that again. No, but, but 22, um, <coughs> it would be nice. He only has one goal. Somewhere nice in and around his... 10 goals this yeah. year would be nice. So Okay, uh, we'll keep jumping around uh, randomly. Toronto, uh, big surprise is the rejuvenation of William Nylander. Very welcomed for them. I think they needed that. I think William Nylander needed that. Yeah. And I think it sort of silenced the critics for now. Uh, Except for Mike Babcock, I don't know if it's I don't know. Nylander get Nylander doesn't get uh, the credit he deserves. I was gonna I had actually Ilya Mikhaev. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, Granted, though, I didn't know too. a lot about Ilya Mikhaev coming in. Um, I didn't know he'd produce this much. He has 11 points already, and it's good to have some secondary scoring in your bottom six. I think he's playing with Gautier on the third line. I could be mistaken. Anyway. Um, you know, Tavares gets hurt, he comes back, Marner gets hurt. I think Marner's out now four weeks now. So to have that secondary scoring from Makayev, I think, is, is huge, and he's been big for them. And he's been fun to the media and all that stuff. Yeah, so, the soup stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely Makayev. And their disappointment has been their... The goaltending's the obvious one, so I didn't write that. Yeah. Um, well, I just Hutchinson. Said, Anderson's yeah. been okay. Yeah. Um, the 5v5 play of the second line... Anderson's been really good. Yeah, he's been... Yeah. No, but... Backup. I, I said Obviously. the disappointment is their play of the the second lines play at five v five. So specifically, Tavares and Marner because that was like the team's driving force last year. And Marner before Marner. his injury a couple games ago against Philly, he only has four even strength points this season. That is just that is terrible. And Tavares, granted, he's been hurt, but I didn't write down his points at five v five. But it's not much better. And they're definitely going to need that to improve because right now they're definitely playing like a one-line team, and you can't have that. Uh, okay, Calgary, uh, surprise, is the fact that they're still in it after a, what many consider a disappointing start from them. Captain Mark Giordano called out the team. And for the disappointment... Ba, 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 wait, wrong audio source. Here we go. able to hang on, and sure gets run over by Lucic. I like that. We need more of that. Oh, we didn't talk about the yeah. Foligno suspension. I just realized. Yeah, we'll, we can, 
it's not that important. But yeah, Lucic, obviously, big disappointment, obviously. Like, um, although James Neal is no crazy player and what he's doing right now is unsustainable, like, you know, you traded a guy that can at least has potential to score for a guy who's become an outright thug. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it. the thought process was there. Like that just doesn't make sense on any level at all. Yeah. So that and uh, lastly is the Winnipeg Jets. So their surprise, um, the goaltending and reasonable defensive play have been passable to this point, considering the long list of injuries slash trades slash demolition that that blue line underwent the off season, and the fact that their goaltending has helped them stay competitive in a tough Central Division. Well, I think we figured it was going to be a tough central division. Hasn't been very tough this year, but Winnipeg is at least holding it together from that respect. I feel like you could argue Patrick Laine has been a surprise too, just yes, because of the offseason he's too. had as well. Yep. Uh, all the drama. Been a much better player. talking about who I don't know his frustration with who he's played with with Paul Maurice, all that stuff. Uh, he has. I have I have a, a game, little so. trouble labeling that a surprise though, because I think we all knew or hoped to a certain degree that he was going to be better. Yeah, I think I don't. I wouldn't call that a surprise. I would just call last year disappointment. That's so. Yeah. and he's just coming back to. I where like he that. Should be. I like that. And yeah. then um, their uh, disappointment, and we touched on it again earlier, was the lack of production from top forwards, namely Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler. They haven't been great, and. Maybe if they were better, then Winnipeg is not missing Dustin Bufflin, Jacob Truba, et cetera, et cetera, so much. Tyler Myers. Tyler, Tyler Myers. Myers. Sorry. Right Tyler right. Myers. Sorry, forgot to shout that out for you. But yeah, that's... Uh, All right. Uh, tonight, Pat, Canadians, Blue Jackets, who you got? Uh, it's going to be a tough one. I don't know. Montreal beats good teams, lose to bad teams, so I don't know. Do they? Well, they... Beat Boston. They beat St. Louis. They play well. They show up against those against those teams, uh, but they play really poorly like against Vancouver Bowen. a few years ago. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I'll like, go. I'll go. Montre- no, I'll go Columbus because I don't know if Weber's playing and he's upped his game a lot. Um, so I'll, I'll go Columbus. Uh, Nashville in Vancouver, and I'm just gonna. Well, oh wait, time to is that the? Oh, that. Can you throw up the? Yeah. Anyway. What are we watching over there, guys? Great call. John Forslund is a good announcer. Very good. That's his name. I couldn't remember. Luke, uh, uh, Vancouver winning tonight? No. Okay. Um, anyways, Fair. Sorry, that's all I wanted Fair. to say. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. That's That pretty much does it for the show. Right on. We're doing more audio stuff from now on. I like yep. that. That I was like good that as well. Today. All right. We could have music breaks. Yeah. Bring in a song every week. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to Take to Take. We will see you next week. Take care. There we go. Stream stop.